0: I think that one of the biggest successes about being remote is that it's available to kids everywhere, Yeah. all over the states, even in the rural areas. Texas is so big that it's hard to bring exciting programs to all the little areas, mm-hmm. but being online allows us to offer the program everywhere.
1: From the Outreach Department at the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired in Austin, Texas, this is... A Sense of Texas. Here is your host, Emily Coleman.
2: Welcome to A Sense of Texas. I'm Emily Coleman. While attending the NFV Texas Conference online in November, it struck me how much the organization is doing for students during this remote learning period. I thought Emily Gibbs would be the perfect individual to share about their efforts and maybe future plans going forward. Given it's the first day of a new year, Who better to lead us optimistically forward than not just one Emily, but two. Hello. Hey, Emily, it's Emily.
0: (laughs) Hey, Emily, it's Emily.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That won't get confusing at all. All right. So uh, why don't you just get started by introducing yourself and talking a little bit about your background?
0: My name is Emily Gibbs. I'm the Director of Youth and Education Services for the National Federation of the Blind of Texas. I have a master's in education in teaching blind students from Louisiana Tech. Um, I've worked as a TVI in Louisiana and Maryland and Texas. And I've worked at a real large variety of kind of types of places, too. I've worked in a camp for blind kids. I've worked in public schools. I've worked um, for the National Federation of Blind at the national level and now at the state level. Uh, so I've kind of worked all over the place in the last 13 years. How did you uh, get into the field? So it's kind of an interesting story. My best friend is blind, and I met her when I was in eighth grade. So I was 12. And at 12, she taught me Braille. And so we used to pass notes to each other back and forth in class because I knew Braille and she knew Braille and nobody else did. <laughs> and she actually took me to my first NFB convention when I was 12. Oh. So I've been an NFB member for you know more than half my life.
2: Oh my gosh. That's, that's pretty awesome. I, that was my other question I was going to ask you was um, how you became involved with the NFB. So why do you think their mission sort of resonated with you so much and you stayed engaged?
0: I really like how the National Federation of the Blind is made up of and led by blind people. Because especially as an educator, I think the idea of listening to blind adults about their lived experiences is really important and powerful. Most of our job as a teacher anyway is listening to people and trying to solve problems. And so that's what the NFB is trying to do, too. So we're just listening to the blind adults about what their problems were and what their history is and trying to figure out how to solve you know, their educational experiences and make them better.
2: Your position is fairly new in Texas, right? It's only like a year and a half old-ish. So how did it come about and um, what do you like most about your new role?
0: Well, even before I had this exact position at the NFC of Texas, I worked a lot with Norma Crosby, our president, to create um, programs for blind kids here in Texas. And the more programs we create, um, you know, and I'm sure you see this too, the more programs you create, the more need you see. Mm-hmm. And you know as well as I do that there, it seems like there's always more to be done in this field. So the more programs I worked with Norma on, eventually she noticed and decided there was enough work for a full-time position. And that's when she created it. Were you a
2: TVI in Texas um, as the job was being created? Yes, yeah.
0: I started out working at Brazosport ISD down on the coast.
2: Okay.
0: Then I actually moved to Maryland mm. and worked at the national office for a couple of years. Then I moved back. I worked for Katy ISD. I worked for Pearland ISD. Hmm. So, like I said, I have kind of worked all over. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, it gives you a lot of experience working in different states, doesn't it? Like Mm -hmm. trying to figure out each system.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it kind of gives you a really good overview of like the the issues that are pretty pervasive everywhere, no matter where you go.
2: Yeah. So as a teacher of blind students, um, how have you made sure that NFB Texas is still supporting kids during the pandemic?
0: Well, you know, I think everybody started scrambling back in March to create a new way to do school. And it's been interesting. Um, In the spring, um, NSB of Texas worked with the national office to create a series of videos and lessons to supplement the home curriculum because Mm -hmm. back in the spring, nobody was doing real in-depth, you know, remote learning. Right. And so we tried to do some um, stuff to just supplement what the kids were doing and getting from school. Then we extended those to our NSB Bell, that's Braille Enrichment for Literacy and Learning Academy over the summer. Mm -hmm. We do a two-week, intensive um, kind of Braille Academy. So we did three sessions of those this summer over Zoom. So it was a lot. And it was fantastic because we also sent all of the kids a box of supplies. So kids got every single thing that they would need to participate in the program in the mail before those sessions began. Then we did a STEM to you. It was supposed to be at our state convention. It was basically a science program. Um, that we were going to pick up and take to local conventions. However, we didn't have a state convention this year, so we did it over Zoom as well. And kids here in Texas got to learn about reading blueprints, using tangrams, doing origami, doing snap cubes. And again, we did all of that over Zoom, and kids got a kit that gave them all the materials that they needed to do, you know, mailed to their house. Right? We've been doing a lot of mailing things just because we want to make sure everyone has supplies. And so the same idea kind of goes with um, we started a best blindness education and skills training Saturday program back in October. And this is a Texas state program where we're working on and focusing on expanded core curriculum. And so, again, it's over Zoom. Um, so what we've done so far is we've labeled appliances. We've baked mug cakes. Um, we're drawing with, the sensational back, did drawing with the sensational blackboard back in December. And in January, we're planning on having a birthday party for Louis Braille. <laughs>
2: Fun. <laughs> it was interesting when this started because we had a lot of media outlets contacting us here at TSBVI and saying, "Like, what are you doing? You know, how could you possibly be educating blind children remotely?" So, so what are some of the things that you have done to be successful with online delivery?
0: Um, I think that mailing materials is a big one, and making sure the kids have the materials that they need because a lot of times you can't be guaranteed what they already have at their house. So you want, if they want them to be successful, they have to make sure you they have all of the materials directly in front of them. Right. And um, whenever we're doing zoom, we are constantly reteaching um, the accessibility command. So like how to mute, how to unmute on a variety of devices, how to raise your hand, um, all of that. We reiterate it every time that we, Uh, Basically, every time that we talk, we want to make sure that the kids have the opportunity to speak out and participate. And if they can't work their device that they have at home, you know, they're not going to be able to unmute and say anything. And I found that reiterating exactly how to participate really makes the kids, even if they're kind of hesitant at first, if they keep hearing it, then by the sixth time you say it, then they start trying it. And you get a lot more participation that way.
2: You know, isn't that true for, uh, adults too, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've found yeah. that in the zoom meetings where we take a minute at the, at the front end to go over housekeeping, it makes everybody mm-hmm. just kind of settle in and more comfortable and participating. Absolutely. What has been some of the challenges of doing the remote instruction that you're still maybe working through?
0: Well, I mean, I think the, the big challenge is that so much of what we teach is tactile, mm-hmm. um, You know, the biggest challenge is that you have to describe things because you can't be right there helping your student hand under hand. Um, So you can get around that partially with parental involvement, but not all of our students' parents are available during the day to help. Yeah. So you just have to have really good descriptions.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. And you have to really, you know, be very vocal about it and talk through what you're doing.
2: Have you guys had a a lot of success getting uh, families and students to sign up for your
0: online stuff? Yes, I think that one of the biggest successes about being remote is that it's available to kids everywhere. Yeah. All over the state, even in the rural areas. Texas is so big that it's hard to bring exciting programs to all the little areas,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but being online allows us to offer the program everywhere. And that's what I keep hearing is that your know, kids and parents and families are so excited because suddenly they have access and they have availability to these programs that they never would have come to their city before.
2: What are you what are you all doing for uh funding for your the kits that you mail out and that kind of stuff?
0: We have some grant funding and we're also getting donations from our various affiliates. Okay. But it you know, it does cost money. But I mean yeah. if you're not gonna be in school, yeah. You know, you're funding that money somewhere else.
2: Right. <laughs> That's true. Huh. That's true. So um, so when the pandemic eventually passes, which I'm hoping is sooner rather than later.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, we all are.
2: <laughs> uh, what are. What are some of the plans that you hope to carry out for, for Texas students going forward?
0: Well, the Bell Academy has always been the program of my heart. I've been involved with it since its inception here in the state of Texas. And the growth and the learning we get to see in those kids during the two weeks carries me through the rest of the year. So before the pandemic hit, we were planning our first ever residential Bell Academy here in the state of Texas. We wanted to do a retreat center, we found, where we're going to do an overnight program in the summer. And it's still a dream of mine to make that happen when it's safe. Mm. So someday I would like to see that come to fruition.
2: Yeah. I remember you planning that, I think, for (laughs) what would have been the summer of 2020. I remember you starting to talk about having that Mm -hmm. residential option in the summer,
0: uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was supposed to be last August, and yeah. we did the the in home edition instead.
2: Right. Well, at least you have the groundwork laid out, so that whenever mm-hmm. you can do it in person, you you've already started the planning for what that might look like. So. You work a lot with um, with blind adults, with families, with students. You, I, I see you as somebody that kind of works, well, you just know a lot of people and you have a lot of connections. So just from what you've heard and, and seen, what do you think are some of the things that blind students need most from educators like us or families? Like, what are some of the things that you think they're missing?
0: Um, I think blind students need us to continue to be innovators. We need to continue to come up with new ideas, new ways to teach. We need to make sure that every day we're working to help every blind student work up to the, live up to their t- potential mm-hmm. because I think there's so much focus and research and different ways to teach um, sighted kids. We mm-hmm. need to continue working hard and coming up with new ways to teach our blind kids. <laughs> As for families, I think the best way to help families is to continue to listen and ask questions so we can help in meaningful ways. These, of course, are going to change again when we see what life after COVID-19 looks like. Yeah. Uh, But educators especially need to be sensitive about remote learning currently. The Zoom fatigue is such a real thing where kids just get tired and exhausted and have to be on the computer all day. When you couple that with eye fatigue, our subset of students really have a different need than their Mm -hmm. sighted peers.
2: That's interesting to kind of pair those two ideas together. Um, I feel like early on in the the pandemic, I heard people talk about Zoom fatigue and like Mm -hmm. how exhausting it was to try to pay so much attention every day Mm -hmm. to a computer and try to listen and everything at the same time. Um, and I and I remember a, a couple students talking about how that's what it's like for them every day all the time. Mm-hmm. Like the cognitive yeah. load of that. So um it'll be interesting to see what some of us have learned to give us a little more empathy for what we're asking of our of our students for sure. Absolutely. Man, I don't know about you, but after I spend most of my days on Zoom, I'm just done. <laughs>
0: like, mm-hmm. You're just want ready to crawl into bed. <laughs> I
2: know. Yeah, my bedtime just keeps getting earlier and earlier, <laughs> especially now that it gets dark out at like five. Well, is there anything else you want to share about the uh, some of the programs that you have going on or you think you got everything listed there? Um, I think I talked a lot about our program.
0: Okay. Um, thank you for giving me the opportunity to.
2: Yeah. So uh, one of my favorite events is the National Conference. And uh, I've only actually been twice. I went to Dallas in 2012, which was the first one I went to. And then um, I got to go to Vegas a couple years ago, which was a lot of fun. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and this year they had it online, which they did a great job. I, um, I don't know why I was surprised, but most of the conferences have sort of spread out their sessions over days or even months. And, um, you guys pulled off a a national convention in a week, like you normally do. And, Mm -hmm. and I tuned in quite a bit. Um, so I know that the national convention is supposed to be in new Orleans in July And do you know if that's still maybe the plan
0: or any other details about that? Um, As far as I know, that is still the plan. No decisions have been made otherwise. Uh, The dates for the National Convention are July 6th through July eleventh, two 2021. But no matter whether it's in person or virtual, it's definitely going to be a fantastic event. Well, I'm so
2: desperate to go anywhere that if the event is virtual, I might check into a hotel even down the street and just pretend <laughs> I'm somewhere else. Yeah, just get out of your house. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're all going to be desperate for that by July, I'm sure. So, uh, so Emily, where can families find more, or teachers find more about your programs, and where can they sign up? Is there somewhere online or Facebook or multiple options?
0: Absolutely, we have a very active Facebook group. Um, it's Texas Parents of Blind Children on Facebook, uh, facebook.com. I think slash TPOBC. Okay. We also have a website. Um, it's www.nfbtx.org, and we're very active about putting our programs and all of our information on the website as well. So you can also email me at e.gibbs at nfbtx.org, and I'm happy to answer any questions that you have or help in any way that I can.
2: All right, great. Well, I think we got everything unless there was anything else that you wanted to add. No, that was wonderful. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me.
1: Do you know an infant or toddler in Texas who may have a vision problem? They may qualify for free services. Support from a teacher of students with visual impairment may increase a child's success in school and life. Call 817-740-7530 to find out more. That's 817-740-7530.
2: I'm already getting excited about future projects and events that we may see during the second half of 2021. Not that the first half won't be eventful, but I'm hoping the second half will be better. Thanks to Emily and NFE Texas for being an important partner of ours here at TSBBI. We learn much from you all the time. From the TSBBI Outreach Department and Ascensive of Texas, I'm Emily Coleman. See you next time, and happy new!
1: This has been a presentation of the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired Outreach Department. If you have any questions or suggestions for topics to cover in future episodes, please contact us at podcast at tsbvi.edu.